0: We're the Nata Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood, and I'm
1: Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors Podcast, where we hunt, hunt it forward. forward.
0: Kyle Jackson, Rodney Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are again for another Nada Grande Outdoors Podcast. Woohoo! Yes, sir. Today we're going to go through the proclamation. The brand new 2019 2020 New Mexico hunting rules and info book. They used to call it a
1: proclamation. They changed it to rules and info book. I guess they didn't think that proclamation
0: was a clear enough word. Right, right. We'd have to. I'd have to look up the exact definitionary definition.
1: Definitionary. definitionary. We're still not on our grammatical.
0: No with I'd have to look up the exact dictionary term uh definition for that word, but rules and info is fine. <laughs> eh.
1: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I guess that's okay.
0: So I find it interesting that um on this year's cover they put a pronghorn. Considering the amount of changes going into the pronghorn drawing system and hunting system this year.
1: You don't think it's just because they're a majestic animal?
0: No, it's ugly as sin, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a kind goat. Of, <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs>
1: well, I didn't say it wasn't cool,
0: but... They've know. grown on me in recent years. All right. That's true. You, you were pretty much anti-antelope, but we've kind of... Got you turned around just a little bit, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. Well, you know, that's what happens whenever you actually allow yourself to have an open mind and be educated. As you oh, change snap. viewpoints. Snap.
0: Good one. Nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So where do so, we start? We're gonna start. Well, we're just gonna start turning pages here. Um, we're sitting in front of our computers today with. Uh, gonna get, get all technical. Scroll, scroll buttons. Buttons. Um, because we don't have paper ones yet. Right. Which is good because then you guys would be listening to the whole turning of the page and between Kyle's coughs and now you can listen to the clickety click of the keyboard and the mouse instead. Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna go right through this. We're gonna um just dive right in. Um, get into the new proclamation. There's a lot of changes this year, so we're going to go through the proclamation page by page and kind of show you, our listeners, uh, where you can find the information that you need. We're not going to read it to you or anything, but we are going to um, tell you page uh, one. Right? There I was. <laughs> it was a hot, windy day. I saw an antelope. <laughs> And decided I would go after him, even though he was ugly. (laughs) I mean, he's just a goat.
1: (laughs) Not what you're thinking of?
0: No. No, but if you want to go ahead and grab your paper proclamation, which hopefully you have by now, um, or jump on your computer and and scroll buttons with this yourself... (laughs) and follow along and we'll show you where you can find all the good information. So if you open it up... my daughter likes to call it the good good. Good good. Open it up. We got a message from the director. Don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys. Read it, but... It's feel good stuff. Yeah, feel good. Feels good. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good good. Uh, Contents page. Um, Yeah, I skipped that too. Uh, you know, the problem is, and, and I, I make light of this and I'm talking, I just skipped that too. I've been reading this proclamation for 20 dang years,
1: not this um, one specifically. No,
0: but you know, they haven't changed that much.
1: No, the, and and that's I think that's uh an important point to make that uh, it's good and bad because they haven't changed that good, much, good, and bad. good, 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 <laughs> <laughs> because they haven't changed that much. Uh, oftentimes people may not read them as, Mm -hmm. you know, earnestly as they should. Yeah. And then on the flip side, there's always some sort of change in them, so you need to read at least that changed part every year. Yeah.
0: And if you, so if you picked up a proclamation from 1998 and, and I don't know if I have a 1998, I'm pretty sure I have a 2000. Yeah. But But if you picked up the proclamation from 1998 and you read through it, um, and then went to the proclamation from this year, it's going to be worlds of different. But with those small changes that happened year after year after year, I've kind of kept up with it. So there's no major changes from last year. There, I mean, there's some changes, but the format is basically there. Yeah. So um, so if you've never read a proclamation before, follow closely. Um, And I'm sorry if I leave anything out, but because we're pretty much used to it, uh, we might miss a few things like, you know, for the completely new people.
1: Well, and we are advocating that, again, don't rely on us. No, read the whole Uh, thing. Read read it for yourself. um, Because we may
0: glaze over some stuff that may be really important for you so yeah exactly and we're gonna do a lot of glazing we're just gonna like i said tell you where to find the information mm-hmm. so first off you get to get the contents and um uh, like i said i'm not gonna read the contents to you but um yeah uh, that's where you're gonna find what page everything's on
1: yeah just tells yeah. you where to go if you're looking for something specific
0: Yep. Yeah. So, Kyle let's start right here. Top of page one, the mission of the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. We are gonna read that. I'm gonna have you read that. And because I think that is kind of important to to hunting.
1: Well, it's everything that we've kind of been talking about up till now. The consp- you know, I think we started out uh our first season of this podcast with going over the conspiracy theories mm-hmm. about how, you know, the department's just in it for the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I'm not going to say that this mission statement, uh, you know, makes any evidentiary uh, attempts to disprove that, but the mission of the Department of Game and Fish is to conserve, regulate, propagate, and protect the wildlife and fish within the state of New Mexico. Using a flexible management system, I think that's key, flexible management system that endures sustainable, sustainable use for public food supply, number one, recreation, number two, and safety, and number uh, four, to provide for off-highway motor vehicle recreation that recognizes cultural, historic, and res- resource values while ensuring the public safety. Um, now, that, that little add-on on the end uh, mm-hmm. is because... When the OHV Act went into effect, it's actually under Chapter 66, which is the traffic code. Mm-hmm. But New Mexico Game and Fish was given the authority over that act. And so that's why that's in the mission statement of the Game and Fish. Because there you. the legislature
0: gave Game and Fish that authority. Kyle Jackson bringing it to you. Boom, baby! <laughs> uh so the next thing, uh, you, you got your list of New Mexico State Game Commissioners, which could change.
1: Uh, yeah, could change. And, and without doing too much speculation, you have to understand the politics in New Mexico mm-hmm. to understand how this works. So the Game Commissioners make up the Game Commission, which, you know, runs the new mexico department of game and fish that's Mm -hmm. how it is set up those game commissioners make the final decision on rules regulations on a direction the department's going to go on what things that they're going to focus on and so um, those game commissioners are appointed by the governor so having just come out of a republican governor's tenure and having a democratic governor come into office there's a Pretty good likelihood that some, if not most, of these commissioners may be replaced. asked to resign and be replaced. Gotcha. Not saying that's going to happen. Who knows? Uh, the, at the last game commission, um, Kenzel was re-elected uh, as chair to the
0: game commissioner.
1: Or to the game commission, but uh, those are at will positions and they could be replaced at any time.
0: Yeah, so so going down the list here,
1: uh, page but one, <clears throat> going back, sorry, uh, before you move on with that, what is what is important is that you keep abreast of that because the game commissioners who you want to contact, contact if you want changes, if you want opinions heard, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, those are the people who are you need to send that information to. There you go. Can I can I can I go now? You may go rod.
0: <laughs> <laughs> going down the list, uh page 1 is just a whole bunch of phone numbers, regional offices, uh important telephone numbers. Um this is where you're going to find that stuff.
1: Yeah, so. those regional offices, we keep telling you guys find your local game warden.
0: That's who you If call you don't
1: know with. who it is, Call these regional offices, they will give you exactly who is in your
0: area. There you go. Page two. What's new? Uh, Numero dos. This is, yeah. (laughs) This is where I usually go because I know last year's proclamation, so now I need to know what's new for this year. Yeah, of course, I don't know last year's proclamation. I know what's new for last year's proclamation. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know what's new for this year's proclamation. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, yeah, that's that's where you're going to find this information. Uh, Man, this is just going to be an informational podcast. Stick with us. We're slugging through the facts like champs. (laughs) I almost thought you said fat. (laughs) Not through the fat. There was a C in there. Although... Right, my wife's working on it. give me plenty of yeah, that. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep, she is. I like it. I like it.
1: No, this new information is important because this is where you're going to find the little changes every single year. That yeah. what's new. Yeah. Uh, and while there are some big changes this year, and we're going to go that that's part of the reason we're going to go through mm-hmm. this is to to highlight those big changes.
0: Most of the time, it's just going to be little tweaks here and there. Yeah. You know, like for instance, you know, the electronic tag, the uh, e-tag option for deer and elk. That's where you're going to find information on this. Um, another tidbit is you're going to find um, license and tag combined if purchased online. That's where you don't have to have the tag and a printed license out in the field. Your tag is going to have your printed license information on it, which is fantastic. Because if
1: if you remember from this last year, you had to have a a, you had to have a paper tag or a A paper paper license to go with your waterproof carcass tags. Yes. Um, This year, they're going to make it a lot easier for us. Uh, Last year, those carcass tags were one size fits fits all. And that's the reason they were so big. And mm-hmm. I heard numerous comments about, you know, these things are so big. Why is that? And that's why, because they were one size fits all. They had to fit around a bighorn. Mm-hmm. And so next year they're going to be a little bit more custom. Uh, whereas this year you had a carcass tag and an antler tag. This year, if you have an antlerless license, you're not going to have an antler tag. Yeah. You'll just have the carcass tag. There you go. But to make it convenient, the Game & Fish has made it so that that license information that was on the paper is now going to be with your carcass tag. So that's what you're going to carry in your pocket. There you
0: go. So I want to clarify something real quick, Kyle. Yeah. Just as we're sitting here, um, just so our listeners understand what we're talking about. So proclamation that we are reading is for the 2019-2020 year. Correct. So technically that's next year.
1: That's next year and that technically, license we're year. still
0: in the hunting this hunting year. But for this podcast purposes because we're reading this proclamation as the new hunting season, let's call it the 2019-20 proclamation this year. Yeah. And and the, the current 2018
1: last Last year year.
0: yes just just to clarify for our audience so they know yeah because
1: like we talked about before that license year starts april April first right uh however you can start putting in for draw licenses right now yes so that's why this is pertinent so we're talking when we talk about this year's proclamation this year's hunts we are talking 1920 because most of those hunts happened during the fall and into 2020.
0: perfect moving on um the what's, go <laughs> <laughs> uh, the what's new section uh, a yeah, lot of important information you need to read every one of those bullet points all the way down through there it goes through page three um, and then we get to page four um, where we get to important reminders um, this is where they're going to give you a lot of dates a lot of you know uh, remember to fill out your harvest report you know early purchases available for the 2019 season, beginning these dates, um, free hunting recreation maps. I think a really cool one in here that, that I wanted to touch on is
1: that you can, and, and many people I think <clears throat> don't realize this, is that you can donate an unused yes. license. If you draw a tag and it you know coincides with whatever, um, and you just can't get out and use that tag, Man, don't let it burn. There's an opportunity for you to uh, transfer, and this has not been the case in the past, Mm -hmm. which is really cool to see this. You have the opportunity to donate that tag back to Game and Fish, and that tag will not go back in the draw. What happens to it is it goes into a little pool, and it can be transferred to a youth who's under 18, Mm -hmm. a resident veteran, or a resident first responder who have been, and, and those two uh, need to have been qualified through a nonprofit or organization that promotes hunting. But that's a fantastic opportunity for us
0: to yes. get more people into hunting. Yes, yes it is. Uh, a good program. It's a, it's a useful program. Absolutely. So lots of stuff to go down through there. So that, that section goes all the way through page five, uh, page six. It's going to drop us into important dates. Now, this is a really good section. It's a, it's a section that you need to get familiar with. Um, well, with today's technology, all
1: you all you really need to do is go into this, go to this page, and pull up your calendar on your phone that right? you carry everywhere with you, and say, "All right, on February fifteenth is my deadline to submit a harvest report." Yeah, and you put that in there, put you a little reminder. That way, you're not paying the Extra six,
0: eight bucks for a late harvest report. February 15th. We gotta remember that one. Yeah, I've already done mine, but I've gotta do Maggie's for her turkey hunt. Yep. So yeah, important dates, you know, draw uh, the deadlines to apply for hunts, uh, the, the draw result dates. This is where you're gonna find all of that stuff. Like Kyle said, harvest report dates, all that information. Uh, Especially the harvest reports, because if you don't get that put in time, you got to pay a fee, Mm -hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. So now we're going to get to page eight, license requirements. Um, One important thing to notice about license requirements is each individual purchasing a license or applying for a draw hunt has to go online and set up their own account
1: yeah and this is important for new hunters uh, if you're a hunter who's getting back into hunting and you haven't been you know in let's say 20 years you may not have a, a probably don't account, have an account. with the, the department mm-hmm. but you're gonna have to no matter what you do if you're purchasing any license from the department you're gonna have to open uh, an account and get an account with a customer identification number uh, that counts free uh, and they can be set up by you online or you can call in and
0: have somebody set it up for you. Yeah, there you go uh, So that's that's what this section is going to cover, you know, and then it's going to cover the new uh, e-tag options for deer and elk um, As well as the combo license tags uh, That we discussed earlier uh, On page nine There's a section about while in the field. You must have all the following license stamps validations and requirements there's seven bullet points in this read them all know them all you don't want to get caught out in the field without the proper licensing yeah without the proper permits and stamps and it varies depending on what type of land that you're on you can refer back to um, an earlier podcast episode three three of season season two. two uh where we talk about land types and land status um you know so it's important that you know all of these so read them understand them if you have questions go back to that previous page with the numbers call somebody uh, but make sure you understand this
1: yeah and i'm going to back up just just again just a little bit cuz one uh one of the changes i think's uh, probably going to be fairly misunderstood uh this year or i should say this past year the going back to the carcass tags after having the print your own license was fairly confusing Mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of people this year they have added to that the e-tagging you know Mm -hmm. option Um, so what that involves just so everybody out there understands uh, is you can choose one or the other you can either choose to get a carcass tag paper carcass tag much like you had this year, or you can choose the e-tagging option. And the way that that's going to work is you
0: have to have that Pocket Ranger app. Not the Pocket Ranger app; it's is a it separate it's app. a separate app. Yes, actually it's an actual separate app that you have to get. We'll get to that. It's it's later down the is road. Is it later down the road? Yeah, but yeah, you have to have an actual separate app for the e-tag. Oh,
1: it's the e-tag app. Sorry. Yes. Um, I originally heard that it was going to be in that Pocket Ranger. So, why wouldn't it be? Anyways, (laughs) Uh, it's going to be an e tag app. And so, what you're going to have to do is you'll go into that app. Hopefully, you have service. uh, If you, uh, I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah. But you go into that app and you report your. Your animal using the app, it'll spit back an e-tag number with your CIN number, which is your customer identification number, and the date of the kill. You then have to write that information with a permanent ink on a durable piece of material, whether it's duct tape, ribbon, etc., etc., the reason for that is because on the books is still a tagging, a carcass tagging requirement. And so you have to have your animal tagged in some manner.
0: Uh I and
1: without getting too far into it, it sounds like a lot more work than it's than it's worth,
0: but they wanted to give that option to hunters. So yeah. Yeah, and, and like so you said you get to choose one or the other. If you choose to receive a paper license, you cannot Later, use the e-tag option. No, you have to it's use the, the off the table, tab. so don't forget your tags and think that you can go ahead and e-tag them because you can't. That's a great point. Um, so make sure of that um, just get your, tag. <laughs> get your tag. I mean, you're
1: paying for it's, something. You might as well have something to hold, to hold in your hand, right? So
0: you've got to carry a license anyway, right? So you either have to carry a license or you have to carry your tag, which has your license information on it. Yeah. You have to carry one or the other. Well, so it, you might as well carry the one that has both, and then you don't have to come up with something else to ride on. You slap it around the horns and around the carcass, you're good to go.
1: Not only that, but... I'm
0: just speaking from common sense here, but, you know, whatever. You're, you're going to...
1: If you... With the e-tag, you have to have your license. Uh, it could be on your phone. Sure. But then you run into, what if your phone dies? Mm-hmm. Then you
0: have no license. Mm-hmm. What if you drop your phone? I dropped my phone this year hunting deer, dropped my phone, had to go back and find it. Yep. Got lucky and found it. Um, and I absolutely had my license on my phone. So we won't
1: tell you what to do. Those are your two options. You have to pick one. Um, Get a
0: carcass tag. In
1: in <laughs> my opinion and in Rodney's opinion, that carcass tag is going to be the way to go. Yeah. Uh, just be aware that you know, if you buy it over-the-counter like it is this past year, you're going to have to Print your license either do it
0: two do weeks
1: tags. ahead of time so that they can send it to you, or you need to go buy a vendor.
0: Yeah. yeah, That's that's the drawback to the to the carcass tag. Yeah, and I know that there are a lot of people um, out there that are going to do the e-tag option because they just think it's cool to be able to do it with their phone. And, mm-hmm. you know, more power to you. That's what you want to do. I fought to bring the carcass tax back. I was a big proponent of them bringing it back. So... Well, and one of my one of my big arguments with that is I'm I'm paying right for something. I want to hold something in my hand. I want to tag the animal. Yeah. Uh, that, that you know that, that meant something as yeah. a kid growing up here. Tagging your animal, putting that tag around the antlers, meant something. Yeah. So, to me, it's cool. Yeah. It, 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 it's symbolic or whatever you want to call it, but to me, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, moving on. <laughs> License requirements on page ten. Now, um, this is going to cover your licensing requirements. You know, New Mexico residency requirements. What's it? What's required to you know be a New Mexico resident?
1: And I think um, this is more so for if you've been living here. You know, most people who are residents are, are truly truly residents. Uh-huh the The issue you get into is people who have vac- vacation homes here. Uh, yeah, they do not call etc. etc. And so you have to to be uh, to be a New Mexico resident. You have to uh, reside in New Mexico for a period of not less than ninety days immediately preceding the date of the application, and you cannot claim residency elsewhere for any purpose. Correct. So. This this has put a few people that I know in a little bit of a pickle. As you know, if you're a resident in Oklahoma, you can get a lifetime resident license. Yes, you can. If you then move from Oklahoma to New Mexico, you cannot go back to Oklahoma and use that lifetime license as a resident. Because you are then claiming residency in another state. So, you can't have it two ways. Cool. I almost bought
0: one of those when I lived in Oklahoma. It's a good thing you did. did not. Well,
1: <laughs> well, it would have worked until It worked because I, I mean they're pretty I'm cheap. Never went, I never here. went back to use it. Yeah, so. but uh, yeah, you you wouldn't be able to go back and use that. So unless you move back to Oklahoma, yeah. and then you wouldn't be able to claim residency. So the basic the basic idea about residency is
0: you gotta you, live here. You gotta live in one place. You can't you can't straddle the line. Yeah, and basically the the only the, the, the only two major differences that that's going to cause is, number one, you're going to be qualified for a much smaller pool of the draw licenses, and number two, your tag's going to cost you a lot more. Yeah. That's really the only two differences. Correct. Moving on. Over-the-counter license fees. This page is just going to tell you what it's going to cost to hunt over-the-counter. It's going to cover residents, non-residents, juniors, seniors, disabled, uh, veterans, um, you name it, this is the page where it's going to tell you what it's going to cost for over-the-counter licenses, not draw licenses, over-the-counter. The the major difference, we'll get to, to the draw license tags here in a minute, but the major difference um, is the application fee. So you used to have to pay an application fee when you applied for a hunt. Yes. You do not any longer have to pay a separate application fee. They just added it to the license. So that's really why there's two different costs for over-the-counter license or for uh draw hunt licenses. That application fee was just added into the license fee for the draw hunts. Didn't know I knew that did you? you did a <laughs> lot of things I didn't know you knew. <laughs> and that's on the next page your draw license fees. So we've covered that. Um, one thing that I will hint on, hit on real quick here. Like if you look down at your deer licenses on page 13, under draw license fees, you got some different classifications, um, standard quality and high demand. The price is the same. Um, but it's, it's just like it says, it's either a standard,
1: unless you're a non-resident, right? And then the, the standard is a little bit cheaper.
0: Yeah. For quality. and Yeah. Cheaper than quality and high demand. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. Is um, you can see that your over-the-counter license for deer um, is thirty-four dollars, and that seven-dollar application fee was just added to it.
1: Yeah, and <clears throat> we'll probably cover a little bit more of this in a later podcast when we go through draws and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, but but those 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 prices for those resident licenses are all the same, whether it's a standard quality or high demand, the difference is your odds of drawing that tag.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're right, we'll we'll cover that later. For now, let's go ahead and move on to the next page. Uh, we're still under draw hunt. Moving on. Licenses. Um, this is where it's gonna show you your application requirements, how the draw works, drawing quotas, Um, I'll give you a quick rundown on how the draw system works. Knowing how the draw system works will definitely help your odds of drawing a tag. Um, Especially once you get familiar with the proclamation and familiar with the draw system. Like I said, I've been doing this for, you know, 25 something odd years. Um, They haven't had the draw system that long, but yeah, I've been doing this a long time. So I've kind of learned how to work the numbers in our favor. Um, The draw works, it's simple. When you put in an application, you have, uh, let's say for example, we're putting in for deer. And you've got three specific choices. Choice one, choice two, and choice three. You can specify which unit what weapon? What time you want to hunt? For those three choices, and you have a fourth choice. Fourth choice is not specific. What they do for the fourth, choice, fourth choice, it's You optional. don't have you don't to. Have to. Um, but for the fourth option, you put in and you select the northeast corner of the state. So uh If you go through the entire draw process and you didn't draw a tag uh let let me back up real quick, so I kind of got your your one, two and three choices so all the applications are put put in a hat yep okay, and they're going to draw applications one at a time well they're yeah and they're going to go down your list one, two, and three, so the first application is automatically going to get their first choice right. And then they're going to keep drawing applications out of the hat until... That's not literally out of the hat. They're, they do this with a computer. But they're going to keep drawing until all the hunts are full. So when they get... Let's say your application gets pulled, right? They're going to look at your first choice. If that hunt has been filled, then they're going to move on to your second choice. If that hunt has been filled they're going to move on to your third choice. Maybe that hunt has not been filled. So that's why you drew your third choice because it still had tags available. Now let's say that choice is also full. So you don't get your third choice. Then your application is put into a second hat and they finish the draw, all the applications for the deer. Then they're going to move over to the second hat and they're going to start drawing fourth choice only. If you put that, option for, you fourth, put fourth that option for the fourth choice, if you didn't select an option for the fourth choice, you're, you're done. done. But then they're gonna go over that fourth choice hat, and they're gonna start pulling applications. If there's any deer tags left over after the draw in that quarter of the state that you chose, they're gonna give it to you. Yeah, they're just they're gonna go in order and start giving those tags out to anybody that applied for a fourth choice correct so basically the
1: best way to look at it is all the applications go into a into a pot they're going to start drawing applications and no matter how many species that you drew for they're going to go through your application <coughs> and say fill unfilled fill fill unfilled blah blah blah, blah 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 and so <clears throat> you don't get put into all these different hats and get pulled different times <laughs> but i'm saying like for your your deer hunts yeah you either. don't get pulled for your first choice and then thrown
0: back in the hat no
1: pulled for your second choice no. and thrown yeah. back in the hat
0: yeah. no absolutely correct yeah um you just get pulled one time they read your first second third choice yeah. if those hunts are full and you have a fourth choice you go into the fourth choice hat if you don't you're done yeah. you're out in in game for you so yeah um and and but so knowing how that works uh is helpful um in arranging and we'll go over this one go over draws but in arranging those hunts um for the best possible success we personally never put a fourth choice but there's a reason that there's nothing wrong with putting fourth choice the reason that we don't put a fourth choice is rather than having some random deer hunt that may really suck and that's why it's left over we have the options of pursuing private land Mm tags um through individuals that we know. So we don't put a fourth choice because we would let, rather uh, make that pursuit of, of, of that tag ourselves. But that could change your deer. This it year could. we've
1: had the discussion. Do we want to do a fourth choice? So Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah um, so, so yeah, we'll look at that. Um, but uh, typically we, we haven't been. The other thing on this page is your drawing quotas. This is where it explains the percentage of tags that go to New Mexico residents versus non-residents versus outfitted non-resident. Correct. Um, so that's going to cover that.
1: And all draw licenses for antlers, elk and wildlife management
0: areas go to residents. New Mexico residents only, yes. Um, the next page is junior and senior disabled. Um, this is going to explain the different kind of haunts for, for the, your juniors, uh, youth, uh, Reduce license for seniors and stuff like that. Um, Then we're going to get into hunter's education. Uh, This is on page 17. And there's a couple, I'm going to let you do some explaining on this, Kyle, but there's a couple of different things. You have your hunter's education program, and then you have your registration for hunter and bow hunter education programs, Mm -hmm. um, as well as you you can become a volunteer instructor. and then on the next page, your Mentor Youth Program. Um, all of these are great programs. Go ahead and touch on those a little bit. Okay, so you're in your hunter education program um,
1: is for under 18 in New Mexico. If you're over 18 in New Mexico, you are not required to have a hunter
0: education course to actually go hunting. Do, do we require non-residents to have gone through hunter education? We do not.
1: Okay. It does not matter. However, the reason that hunter education matters is if you go to another state, Colorado, for instance, doesn't matter how old you are, you have to in order for you to get a tag in Colorado, you have to have gone through hunter education. Gotcha. Um, There are there are some really good options for hunter education. There's the traditional courses where you go to a classroom and you're taught, or your kids are taught. Um, We highly encourage you if you haven't been to one. you know go to one with your kids you'll learn a lot yes Uh, probably more than than you did when you were a kid going through it but uh, for older kids if they're 11 years or older they can actually take an online hunter uh, education certification course and so that's just another way to get more people involved Um, those hunter and bow hunter education courses are separate from the actual hunter education course and just specifically focuses on those disciplines. Uh, They're always looking for volunteer instructors. You can get a certification as a volunteer instructor for hunter education. They do have certain uh, requirements that you have to teach each year, etc., etc., so you can't just get it, I, I guess you could just get it and then not do anything, but they have some really fantastic benefits for becoming yes. a volunteer hunter head instructor. They, there's a lot of companies out there who have merchandise where you can get screaming deals on rifles, muzzle loaders, uh backpacks, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Good discounts. Um, uh, major discounts for, for Hunter Ed volunteer instructors. Yeah. Uh you do have to be in good standing and and all that to get those discounts, but if you're looking to lighten the load on your wallet, if you're going, if you're trying to get some new gear, this is a great way to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good good incentive on top of um, sharing knowledge and passing that on. Um, yeah, that that is a good incentive. I am currently in the process of getting my um, uh, certification to do that right now. So, the other is the Mentor Youth Program. This is a really cool uh, program it's a good incentive to get young hunters um into hunting without having to go through the full um hunter education, hunter course. education course read up on that it's on page eight, 18 um it's Under- basically a program where you can mentor a youth take them hunting get them interested in it before and teach them yeah a lot of the stuff that they'll learn in hunter education before they actually have to take the course good program it, yeah definitely um, so page 19 is military and veterans. Um, not a whole lot we're going to touch on here. Go ahead and read through it, especially if you're a military uh, or a veteran. One of the cool things is is they get a 50% discount for resident, active military, and veterans. That's just a really cool deal. Really cool deal. It's and a, I wholeheartedly agree with Wholeheartedly. It. Wholeheartedly.
1: Um, I'm going to back you up one more time. And because we just did our... Uh, trapping
0: podcast with Ty recently. I guess we're going to release that before this one now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the plan anyways. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We got to make sure we have that video ready by Tuesday. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mess with you, Kyle. Messing with you. Well, the video doesn't have necessarily to necessarily go
1: out at the same time as the podcast, but...
0: No, it doesn't
1: have um, to. But because we recently did that and it's on our minds... uh trapper education is very important and there are there's a little blurb in there about trapper education that we highly suggest you go look at Uh, we'll have a link to the that information uh, and the 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 apple information information the association of fish and wildlife agencies will have that link in the previous podcast the trapping podcast notes
0: there you go um moving on to page 21 uh, transfers and donations this is a really cool deal Um, and we already touched on it but here's some more information on it Mm -hmm. about how to uh, do license refunds and transfers and the donating of a hunter's license so
1: So there's a outside of what we touched on before the donating of a hunting license for a youth veteran or first responder there are some other uh, options where those hunting licenses are generally non-refundable, non-transferable. The exception is that a, the director of the Game and Fish may grant a refund or a transfer under certain circumstances, and that's why that's on there to give you that those criteria of when you can do that. Uh, mainly, it's a it's an emergency, you know, uh, uh, a death, uh, severe injury, things like that. Yep. The other thing to uh, to note under these license and transfers is um, you can't trade them for a private land license, you can't return it for a refund, um, you cannot sell or barter them. Um, They're they non refundable. Yep. Once you draw them.
0: On page 22, general rules, this is where I want you to get your reading glasses out. General rules. Yep. Um. (laughs) go through this it is unlawful to do this 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 and this read it understand it if you have questions call your local game warden or district office and ask those questions better to ask now get them clarified this is not this is not a situation where it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. No. <laughs> all right? For sure um, Most of your, if most, if not all of your conservation officers, game wardens, are not going to accept I didn't know as an excuse. No.
1: Um, New Mexico is a strict liability state. Mm-hmm means you should have known. It yep. is your responsibility as a hunter to know the rules, regulations. Yep. I do not know, or I did not know, Yep, isn't going to fly.
0: No. And that's why we're not going to read you these rules. We're not going to go over these rules with you. It is your responsibility. Read them, understand them. If you have questions, feel free to contact us on Facebook uh, or your local law enforcement, your local game warden. Absolutely. Um, uh, vehicle use... Uh, roads, harassment of legal hunters—all of this stuff is under this section. Uh, read it, know it, understand it. Um, make sure you do. And if you have questions, again, just call and ask. Yep. Uh, then we're going to get into general rules. Uh, same thing here. Uh, you know, these are this is the meat and potatoes of the proclamations—the stuff that you need to know that if you're if you're going to be a responsible hunter you need to know this stuff. Get into this general rules, read it. There are several sections here, you know, waste of game, license privileges can be revoked, revoked federal laws, uh, Parent Responsibility Act. You know, if you're taking your kid hunting and they do something, you know, your responsibility.
1: Well, so that one actually is a little bit different. Uh, The Parental Responsibility Act is child support. Mm -hmm. If you fail to pay your child support, your hunting and fishing privileges may be suspended.
0: Oh, cool. You can't buy a license. Yeah, so don't be a deadbeat. <laughs> <laughs> um, gives a list of the fines and stuff like that that you could possibly pay, which some of these are quite up there. Um, so there's criminal, and that's an, one another thing that you need to understand. Um, if you're looking
1: to just flaunt the rules criminal there's criminal insight. penalties mm-hmm. and there are civil penalties mm-hmm. and you um, you do not have so uh, you could win your criminal case and still
0: be uh, taken yep. for, for civil assessments and this doesn't include include lawyer fees so no. keep that in mind too <laughs> uh, moving on page 26 26 What'd you say? 26. <laughs> That's what, That's I, what said. I thought you said. <laughs> Criminal trespass. Uh, read it. Know it. Don't skip by this page hoping to get to your draw unit. Well, I think we
1: covered it pretty well yeah. in the episode three of this land status. Yes, um, we did. There are uh, now at the risk... So. To, to be able to show that we're, we see and, and appreciate both sides of the argument. We are for uh, legal public land hunting, but we also believe in private property rights. And so mm-hmm. uh, don't trespass because those proper pro- private property owners uh, do have uh, property rights. On the other hand... Understand that those private property owners have a requirement to post yes. their property or notify you of trespass. They have their
0: rights and they also have their responsibilities. Correct. So, uh, Operation Game Thief. Um, snitches get stitches. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kyle, that was funny. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's on a serious note. You remind me later. I need to tell
1: you a story <laughs> of why I, I rub my my head whenever
0: whenever you said that. Okay, so. got you. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, okay, poaching harms everyone. Literally, they are if if people are out there poaching animals. I don't care if they are just poaching because they have to feed their family. There's all kinds of ways to feed your family. All kinds of ways to feed your family. They're stealing. They're stealing from you. They're stealing from me. They're stealing from all of our listeners. Um, they're stealing from the future because these rules are set in place, like we said at the very beginning, to conserve the wildlife for to the manage future. manage those populations, absolutely. And, and poachers, uh, you, you know, all these rules are set up, like the harvest reports, um, the hunt quotas, all of that is set up to preserve the population, to conserve it for the future. And there's no information about poaching, so you know, you don't calculate those numbers into those quotas. Correct. So it's important that, you know, if you've got a buddy that was a poacher, tell him to stop.
1: More importantly I think is if you see something, don't don't fall into the stigma of snitches get stitched. No, no, or don't. or anything like that. Um you can remain anonymous. You can call that information in. Uh they'll, they'll pay just, you for it. Yeah. They'll Which, pay you for it if if it leads to a uh to yeah, a filing of charges. Yeah. I'm not going to advocate for that, but, but no, still. I will put a little plug in here and say uh give good information. Uh don't put yourself in harm's way. Nope, but if you can a license plate is gold right uh, If you can, the number of suspects and what they are driving and etc give good solid information um, but any information is helpful.
0: yes, moving on, moving on, big game and turkey rules um. This section, uh, it's actually one of the bigger sections in the book, goes from page 30 all the way through 34. Um, It's gonna have a lot of good information in it, your license requirements, um, hunt codes, understanding those legal sporting arms. Um, Interesting fact here is they've reduced the um, caliber size from what was so the
1: smallest caliber that you could hunt elk with was a 243 or 24 Correct. caliber. Correct. Uh the smallest caliber that you can hunt deer with was any center fire cartridge. Yes. That has changed. Yes. So for in in that big game and turkey rules under legal sporting arms, the definition of what is now a legal sporting arm is there. Uh, make sure and look at that. Understand it. There are also restrictions on what is legal ammunition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, always has been. That hasn't changed. But the the big game sporting arms uh,
0: has changed a little bit. Yeah. Um. They're gonna they're gonna talk about your tagging instructions. Um. Pretty much all big game and turkeys must be tagged. So. They're gonna give you some tagging instructions on how to tag where to tag um, and pictures yeah
1: <laughs> so yeah. shouldn't be that hard
0: right uh, it, you know don't don't even don't wrap to, that don't, carcass tag around the antler don't even have to read just take a look and, and see where it's supposed to go yeah um, some more e-tag instructions uh, mandatory harvest reporting um, information you know this is the information that you're gonna get in the big game uh, proof of Sex. Uh, well, they're alive, so somebody had it. Uh, all, of this, <laughs> all of this. A little slow there, Kyle. <laughs> Sorry, I was
1: <laughs> trying to find where you were Scroll. looking at.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's a lot of the stuff that's going to be in your big game. Um, and turkey rolls. Yeah. Uh, then it's going to move on into Outfitted Hunts uh it's going to give all your information on that and your management hunts your population management hunts Uh, i know that we're just skipping through a lot of this stuff a lot of this stuff just doesn't apply to just your average everyday hunter you know especially your outfitted hunts and and management hunts and stuff like that yeah Uh, but it's all good information uh so don't just skim over it read it um you know your your enhancement hunts uh there's some pretty cool stuff in here um, but again, it's, it's, you know, we're just going to give you where, where to find that information. You know, your big game enhancement packages, your big horn sheet and your deer enhancement authorizations. That's where this is going to be found. Um, stuff like that.
1: And then you get into on, uh, where are you at? <clears throat> oh, sorry. Going. No, keep going. You're good. You're good. So, oh after page 30 that's the end of your enhancement hunt uh, information uh, and then in page on page 40 you get into your legal shooting hours this gives you most people are probably not going to use this because you've got your apps. your apps and things like that but if you need to manually calculate where uh, when your legal shooting hours are Um have yeah, your phone yeah, dice yeah it's on page 40 yeah.
0: I carry a proclamation with me while I'm hunting um, so when i can um so that's available to me if my phone dies i don't know when uh shooting light ends it's important to know because um you have to hunt within legal shooting hours and you don't want to be shooting something outside of those hours so it's important to know that so if, if you don't have your phone handy um here's a way to do that yep um Next is chronic wasting disease. Um mainly gonna apply to units nineteen, twenty-eight, and thirty-four. This is a pretty big deal in a lot of states. It's not a huge deal here in New Mexico, um, but it is uh, uh important to know. Um, you know, so uh it can it can greatly affect where you wanna hunt if you wanna stay out of those chronic wasting disease areas. Yeah. Um so Take a look at that. And then the next few pages, we're going to really, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to just really glass over because of the last pot, uh, in a previous podcast that we talked about land status, we covered all of our federal land stuff, um, New Mexico state lands, the wildlife management areas, private lands, uh, and the Open Gate program, which takes us through page 49. And um, so go back to what was it? Episode 3. Episode 3. Uh, land season 2 Land Status podcast. Listen to that and it'll cover all of those sections in great detail. In great detail. So those of us that have... St- those of you, not us, but those of you that have stuck it out through all of the boring parts of the proclamation as, as needed as it is to understand and go through. Um, those of you who have stuck it out, kept listening... And are still with us Hi. <laughs> we're about to get into the fun parts um, this next section on page 50 is deer licenses and this is where you're going to go and start picking your hunts for your uh, picking your choices for your applications that you may or may not draw <laughs> okay this year so I gotta stop you there <laughs> Stop stopping
1: me. (laughs) Only because you were just saying, for those of you who stuck with us through the dry parts, this is going to be the fun part. Please turn your books to page 40. We will be covering dear licenses. Bueller. Bueller.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One finger salute to you, Why don't you stick that... Where the sun don't shine. <laughs> General information, types of deer draw licenses. Is that better? Much better. All right. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> Seriously, this is the fun. This is this is the part that we all want to turn to. This is the good good. And the good good and and check it out. So, right here, yeah, your types of deer draw licenses, um standard quality, quality high demand, high demand um Bag limits. This is where it, these these codes are important to know. Yeah. Um, FAD. What's a FAD? You know, uh, it's, it's something uh, that is passing, it's <laughs> it's, right? It's, it's a four antler deer. Four antler deer. Yeah. Uh, yeah four antler mule deer. Four antler white-tailed deer. Either sex wild white-tailed deer. It's either sex um, wild tail deer. White-tailed deer. Wild-tailed deer. Yeah. Have you seen them things? Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> and antler deer. <laughs> And it even gives a little explanation about the fourth choice hunt. Again, they're very repetitive in this book. That's that's well, nice.
1: That's nice. It's really nice because if you know anything about education, it's that you have to be repetitive for stuff to stick. Yeah. Um, yeah. The more, t- I mean,
0: without... You Just in case we haven't told you, we don't know how to do a podcast. <laughs> Is repetitive? Are we repetitive. Them? Yeah. Repetitive. Right. Yeah it's like it's like it's like
1: your kid come here come here come here come here,
0: come here. yeah you know Yeah, so. you don't have to tell them repetitive you have to bounce a shoe off the back of their head okay. I don't do that I've never done that child services so <laughs> <laughs> alright at least not no. a shoe yeah <laughs> back of my hand maybe um <laughs> <laughs> they're coming. <laughs> they don't know my address, but they're coming.
1: <laughs> oh, well, if you keep getting called in by your neighbors. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> that was for the dog. I know. Uh, I know. All right.
1: All right, so um, your what bag. What are we talking about? We're talking about bag limits. Told you bag limits.
0: We were talking about, you got into oh, that. Yeah, Fad, remember? Bad, Fad. Fad. Fad what were we talking about (laughs) yeah so fourth choice hunts it gets repetitive they're talking about the fourth choice hunts right now but that's uh, it's going to give you you know your northwest uh, units it's going to you know give you all the units that are in that quadrant Uh, northeast southwest southeast private land Um, and then on page 52 starts the good good 52 is private land deer hunting that doesn't start to get good. <laughs> no good. Good on this page, uh, no but it, it's in there, page fifty three. So,
1: no, so let me let me All right, go ahead. back you up. Uh, the private land deer hunting Beep. is for <laughs> units such as forty six, where there's absolutely no public land, yeah. so they had to uh, had to insert some dates for those hunts, gotcha. and we kind of skimmed over it earlier, but. You can see it in that, uh, but let's skip down to the the draw licenses to talk about the real big change.
0: In yes, this proclamation. Yeah. So this is this is the fifty-three cool part. page fifty-three. And
1: Please it... turn your books to page fifty-three.
0: <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're gonna wave, use all five fingers. Mm. Um, well, I, don't know. I lost I can get... again. <laughs> no, right. we're talking about yeah. the big change. Yeah, so the big change in the proclamation. So used to, you mm-hmm. would have three separate sections. Used to could. Used so to So if you look at last year's proclamation,
1: yeah. um, when we explained it in one of our first podcasts, <clears throat> you would, I mean, I'm trying to remember this because, but you would choose a species. So I want to hunt deer. Yeah. Then you would choose a sporting arm. Yep. So I wanna hunt with a bow rifle. or bow. a rifle or a muzzle loader. Those are the three the three choices. Choices. And
0: we commonly can... say rifle, but it's all any legal sporting arm. Yes. So <clears throat> species meaning, meaning meaning any legal sporting arms, meaning you can hunt with a bow during rifle season, muzzle you can loader, hunt with a muzzle loader during rifle bow. season, a crossbow. Yeah. Uh, but you could not hunt with a rifle during bow or a muzzleloader, and you cannot hunt with a muzzleloader during bow. Or crossbow during or bow, crossbow, unless you're disabled.
1: Anyways, commonly refer that to as rifle season. Yes. So, uh, you would pick your species that you wanted to hunt, then you would pick your implement that you wanted to hunt with, your, your weapon, and then you would go through and pick your uh, area, the yes. GMU, whatever it is, yes. and then finally you would pick a
0: date that you wanted to hunt that coincided with what you liked. Yes. And and so that was broken out into separate sections. So what you had is you would go to the deer the deer section and if you wanted to hunt with muzzle loader, you had to within the deer, deer section, filter over to the muzzle loader, muzzle loader section. section or the deer, or the rifle section or the archery section. And then you would
1: scan down to GMU fifty six.
0: Yes. And now it's it's not like that. Now you just go to the deer section of the proclamation and you just scroll down to the unit yep. that you want to hunt in. So so um, there's some people that aren't going to like this because they, well, they just want to go to the bow section and, and peruse the different bow, bow hunts. hunts and bow dates and now they don't have that option. Well, there's but a lot of people that aren't going to like this because they don't like change. There's a lot of people that are going <laughs> to like this because they just want to hunt in that unit. And now they can just scroll to that unit. Yeah, You're not going to ever make everybody happy. Um, it has its drawbacks, but it has its perks as well. Um, I won't get into whether I like it or dislike it, but but this is what it is. So this is what we got. So if you look at unit 2A here. It's going to give you all...
1: Let's look at Unit 2B because we're so fond of 2B. God almighty.
0: Okay. If you look at Unit 2B here... 2B? 2B? Or or not 2B? 2B. (laughs) It's
1: not the question. 2B. Yeah, that's the answer. that's the answer. That's the answer.
0: So you have all of your hunts that are available in Unit 2B for public land draw deer. Correct. Right here bow bow youth bow bow youth muzzleloader muzzleloader any legal it's all right there now if you go over to the next column yeah there's going to be your hunt dates your your uh, those are the, that's the time that you're going to be hunting um this year one of the changes is that the bow hunt has been split so used to you would draw a bow tag and you could hunt September September, and January. Now, in this particular unit, it was not like that. In this particular unit, you, you could hunt one or the other. One or the other. Yeah. Now, all units are one State or the wide, other. It Statewide, is, it is that way. Wow. That was one of the changes that those public meetings that they held, yes. they talked about in that. Yeah. So, you can choose to hunt deer in September with a bow or in January with a bow, but not both. So, your next column over, this is your hunt code column. Now... I like the way our hunt codes are set up because it's very simple to follow. D-E-R is deer. So that means that's the animal that you're hunting. The next number is a two, a three, or a one. Okay. Two is archery. Three is muzzleloader. One is any legal sporting arms. I would bet you, I don't know that this is the
1: correct answer, but I would bet you that, that those were set up on the most Popular hunts. Most people are going to be putting
0: in for a rifle. So it's number one. And then archery, archery, that's number two. And And then then muzzler. That's my guess as well. That's the way it's set up. Now your third set of numbers in that third column uh, for your hunt code, that is basically the hunt code itself. That's the the hunt code that is specific to to that that unit. unit. It's not the unit number. But it is the hunt code for that unit. So that's your 116, 117, 119 on down, um, on down through there. Um, a lot of these numbers have changed. So a lot of people, I know like me, I used to hunt unit 34. So I put in, when I put in an application, I put in for uh, the same hunt every year. And I knew that number I don't, deer two I don't, one, yeah. whatever it is, yeah, I don't yeah. remember what it is now but 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 if you if you're like that um go read the proclamation yeah. because a lot of those numbers have changed
1: and uh, i knew a, I knew a guy um several years back who he wanted to go mind you, he was going private land hunting, but the deer system, the private yeah. land has to Coincide with the public hunt, yes. and so he just went into the proclamation and he found the first hunt that matched his the hunt dates that he could hunt. Mm-hmm. Well, he purchased a tag for unit ten, and he lived in unit forty-seven, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, make sure that you go in and look at and make sure don't don't go off yeah. of past numbers.
0: Yeah and and so that's that column your next column is your they call it a fee type that's your standard quality uh high demand quality high demand hunts for deer it's all the same yeah. for residents yeah it's all the same for residents it is a different price change for uh non-residents your next column over that's the number of licenses that are available to draw. for that draw uh, keep in mind that number will fluctuate on your draw results um on 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 your harvest on the harvest Mm. results and and the draw odds reports that will come out next year those numbers will fluctuate by one or two and that's just the nature of the system drawing if 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 you you look at unit 2b bow september 1st to the 24th deer 2 116 standard hunt 130 tags so when they're doing the draw system and they've drawn 129 tags and they pull another application and that person put in for 2B in that hunt and there's two people on that application, they're going to accept it and that quota is going to go from 130 to 131. And and that's, at least that's the best guess that I have as to why those numbers fluctuate. Mm, Well,
1: those numbers could also fluctuate a little bit based on the, you know, uh the n- animal numbers that they're seeing they do though they do surveys things like that and so all that's
0: taken into account when they're
1: doing the manageable well, it's,
0: harvest yeah it's the difference between the draw number though and the actual number of tags that were drawn yeah um the other the other possibility is that uh Are you you have to you so you you you're, ta-
1: you're talking about this number versus what you see yeah. on the... Yeah, number. so
0: it says that there's drawing 130 on. tags gotcha. available. Okay. And when you when you look at your harvest report, <clears throat> your drawing on report yeah, yeah, yeah. the following year, yeah. it'll say that they gave 131 yeah, tags yeah. No, that's instead why. of hundred. That's why. And that's why. Yeah. The other option is that 84%, you got to keep in mind, 84% of those tags have to go to your Mexican residence. residence. Yeah. So if they land on 83, perhaps they're throwing one more tag in there to get us up to 84. I don't know. But it doesn't fluctuate. I've never seen it fluctuate more than one tag. Yeah. So, um. but I have seen a lot of people complain about that. Why? Yeah. As long as they're giving out 130, who cares if they give out 131? <laughs> they're not going to give out 140 or 150. Yeah. So that's just the way it is. So, again, when you're going through this, the final column there is going to be your bag limit so yeah. four antler deer yes four antler deer <clears throat> either sex for elk
1: or mature bull
0: or yeah, whatever yeah, it each is. mature each, buck each one and we'll go through the rest of them and just kind of touch on that again but it's very important to remember your first column is your unit and your weapon choice second column is the date third column is the hunt code fourth column is the uh fee type um the the type of hunt it is standard or quality uh the next column is how many licenses are available and then the last one is your bag limit of what you're actually going to be hunting. So now in,
1: having having said that and, and without saying, you know, whether or not this is better or worse or indifferent of previous rules and information booklets, I will say that for people who put in for multiple animals and are worried about uh, covering hunts, so drawing, uh, let's say, an Oryx hunt on top of their deer hunt, mm-hmm. this is probably going to make it quite a bit easier for you to, uh, to plan those hunts out because you're not having to flip from one, uh, you know, trying to see, okay, does the bow hunt fit with this hunt yeah. no does the i don't remember what is the bow hunt. so th- this gives yeah. you in that unit this gives you every single
0: hunt that everything is, in that d- every draw hunt that is going to be in that unit yeah again it, there's perks there's perks to the new system there's drawbacks to the new system it's it's all in how you do it like again you're not going to make everybody happy a lot of people are like you said upset with it just because they don't like change not for any valid reason but there's there's good and there's bad, but it doesn't matter the good or the bad. This is the system. So learn it and figure out how to best um, work it to your advantage. Correct. So go down through there. It goes through all of the units, uh, all the way through all the deer licenses. Um, skim through there. Pick what you want to hunt. Put it on your application and pray like the rest of us. <laughs> page 66 is elk licenses now we're gonna do a little bit of touching on this because um, there are some changes uh, to the elk licensing system um, for one it's no longer called core correct it is called primary management zones
1: so they have they have different management zones mm-hmm. they have the what used to be inside the core or core uh, Core occupied elk range they are calling a primary management zone and that is primary obviously is that's that's where they're focusing on mm-hmm. then they have anything that's not primary is going to be most for the most part in the secondary management zones mm-hmm. and those are going those elk are going to be managed wholly different than the primary zone Correct and then they have just a few outlier gmus where those gmus such as 54 55a they are technically primary management zones as far as the habitat yeah, as far as the elk numbers as far as wanting to manage them right. but however different. the land status the amount of private land versus public land really throws a wrench in the system yeah. and so you can't use the algorithm that they use in the primary management zones and so they are making those ones special
0: uh, special management, special management zones. zones and
1: those will remain very similar if not almost exactly to how outside the core is yeah. this past year where yeah. they will those ranches and those private landowners owners will Negotiate the number of licenses uh, or alloc- not licenses, but allocations that they get uh, yeah. with the local biologist. Yeah. So that's that's the big difference in <clears throat> in the elk licenses, uh, and understand that in those primary zones, mm-hmm. you have some changes. So you may see some. If you like to hunt in areas like uh, GMU 12, you may see some changes to the numbers of licenses because, with that, with that, that elk rule change that they were talking about, they included the entirety of GMU 12 versus just partial, yeah. as it was before. So now all of 12 is the primary management zone. That's going to change those allocations of the public and private
0: yes. land licenses. Yes. Um, and another so another change that they've made to the out uh, licensing system is excuse me is that um, your secondary management zones, which would be considered again outside the core, those are no longer th- those will be can be purchased over the counter correct they' they used to have to go through uh, the biologist but now. Uh, And it was always uh, pretty much unlimited. You just had to go through. It wasn't unlimited. It was. It was. It it was
1: within reason.
0: Yes. Um, But
1: now, so it's not. It's not truly over the counter, like the deer and the antelope are. Uh, The ranch owners are still going to. Contact the department to get a ranch number, mm-hmm. but uh, what you to to hunt that private land, you would need written permission. And basically, what you're going to get is a ranch number if you have permission to hunt that ranch. Yeah. And then you'll
0: purchase your tags at any over the, over figure. the counter. Correct. Yes. So that's your other major difference. Um, there are a couple of differences in you know, like we went through the deer uh, licensing. Um, As far as your bag limits, you got MB, which is a mature bull. Uh, MBA, which is mature bull or antlerless. Then you have antlerless. Either sex. Uh, the APRE-6 is, that's a six-point on one side. And um,
1: we don't really have those in the north. You have them down in 34. Yeah, we, we do.
0: And that is now a draw hunt. It used to be a um, like an incentive hunt, uh, fire sale kind of deal. Now it's actually a draw. Um good and bad to that as well it's a change and it is the change so that's what we have to deal with um, there's good and there's bad to it um, and then we have this APRE 6 or antlerless so on that one you can shoot a cow or a bull with 6 points on one side or more yeah um, then when you get into uh, page 68 uh, it's got some ranch only or unit wide authorizations. Um, some good information to read if you're hunting elk. Um, it, continuing on, it explains some primary zones, um, and then right in the middle of it, they threw the map. <laughs> so, which is
1: kind of where it's been the past couple of years. Yeah, it's usually
0: between the deer and elk. It's it right in the middle of the book. The middle of the book's changed, so they moved. <coughs> Correct. Um, But, and then you get into, uh, where are we here? We're at the elk draw licenses on page 73. The setup here is, is the same as the deer. Correct. Uh, You're going to have your unit on the left column. Next column is your dates. Next column is your hunt codes. The same thing here. You see, it says elk. So, you know, it's elk, not deer, uh, two, three, and one. One is any legal sporting arm, two is bow, three is muzzleloader, so pretty much the same. Your next column is is your feet type, uh, standard quality, high demand. Uh, next column, the same is the number of licenses and the last is your bag limit, what you're hunting. So no, no real changes, no changes to there. Uh, elk is pretty much the same as the deer, so you can Go all the way through, figure out which hunts you want to do, um, apply for them, and there you go. Yeah. Once you get through there, you're gonna hit pronghorn. This is where our whole world just changed. <laughs> um. I have.
1: Well, both the elk and the pronghorn pretty significant changes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but as far as putting in for hunts, pronghorn is where our world just got different. Um, They made some changes to the pronghorn antelope drawing system. Um, I wasn't in full support of it, but they made the changes. So again, just like we said with the other changes, this is what we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. So the best that we can do is figure out how to work it into our advantage try and get a tag and go hunt pronghorn correct um i'm perfectly willing to see you know if what they did works you know and i hope that it does work because hoping for it not to work is just stupid (laughs) uh we want it to work we want it to succeed we want their plan to uh make a better pronghorn population um Than what was previous. So we'll hope it works. Um, Trying to figure out what to put in for this year. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it's going to be fun. Because the majority of what they did, as as far as it pertains to the draw, I'm not going to get into anything else other than what it pertains to the draw, is they spread us all out. Used to, you would put in for an area, they would give 500 tags for that area, and it was a large area, and you could have all 500 people hunting in the same unit. There was nothing keeping them spread out, other than not wanting to hunt near other hunters. Now, the... the Well, no. So, the the
1: previous... The previous system was...
0: Are you talking? Bow? I'm just I'm just talking as it pertains to the draw. Are you talking you, bow or rifle because they
1: were a little bit different? Yeah.
0: Well, just yeah, they're they are a little different, but really what they just as it pertains to the draw, we're all spread out. Now, as it pertains to rifle, you're no longer put on a private ranch. Correct. You're it's all public land now. This yeah. is a public land draw, which Correct. for for rifle you were put on A specific range. I've only ever put in for archery with antelope. I've never put in for a rifle tag. So, um, but they've, in essence, they've spread us out on this public land. Yeah. Um, And it's going to be interesting trying to figure out where to put in for, because none of these hunts or hunt units have more than 50 tags. Yeah. They're all small tag numbers and and trying to figure out where to go is gonna be is gonna be interesting. It's gonna be tricky. But the the layouts the same. On the left is your unit and your weapon, dates, hunt code, fee type, license, bag limit. All the same. Yep. And good luck trying to figure out where to put in. <laughs> or not not just where to put in, but what Hunt is going to give you the best odds of drawing a tag. Yeah, that's well. Trick. This year, that's going to be really, really tough because we don't have anything to go off of. No, nothing. There's no drawing odds reports. Um, it, it is going to be pretty. The previous draw odds we... report is pretty much useless. Yeah, it's completely useless. Completely useless. There's nothing there that's going to give us any kind of good information. So, yeah. But next year. We will. Next year we'll have some information. Next year we'll have some information. I think it's going to take, you know, two or three, possibly four years to kind of settle down um, to where we have... till they change it again. Yeah, they change it again. But to where we have some good information to go off of. But oh, overall, there's more tags available. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whether that's a good or a bad thing, it's good for your drawing lots, but... Bite your tongue, Kyle. Bite am, your tongue. I have nearly so, been it through, Rod. There you go. <laughs> That's pronghorn. Um, you're going to continue on to bighorn sheep. Uh, the bighorn sheep draw, it's a little bit different, but it, it, it all pretty much ends up being the same. Uh, your animal, your... Your 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 hunt code. That's what you're looking for. Um, I'm not. I've never put in for bighorn sheep here, so I'm not a hundred percent sure as to how those those allocations are. I know in the proclamation it definitely looks different um, than the other choices. Your elk and your deer yeah. and your antelope. Um, but still, you get your hunt code here and um,
1: and really in in the bighorn. What you're looking at is ram or you ram or you, uh, and you're looking at with you're going to pick a a subspecies either mm-hmm. Rocky Mountain or desert yes, and then you and then you're going to look at your your hunt code is going to be for legal sporting arm, and so that hunt code if you draw that hunt code, uh, then you are basically going to look at the available hunt areas and dates for that hunt code so it's a little bit just understand that it's a little bit different than the pronghorn the deer and the elk
0: yeah yeah but if you're hunting bighorn you're not a newbie and you know what you're doing well not always we may put in this yeah. year and we're kind of newbies so yeah but yeah
1: that's true yeah again if you have questions call your game warden call your game warden call the area offices they'll be able to walk you through it ibex
0: uh ibex the the real uh, difference here is just your your dates you know because the, the area is all the same unless you're hunting the um statewide right, right off the florida mountains but for hunt, the, for which the is the draw hunts. over the counter but the draw hunts it's all the same unit um it's just different dates um, and different uh, bag limits. Yeah. Um, of course, the different, those are more similar. Those
1: are, sim- right? are going to be more similar to, to your uh, deer,
0: and deer and elk. They're going to have that hunt code right next to yeah. the date. Um, you now, Barbary, um, Barbary, same thing. You know, with your uh, uh, draw hunts, um, your unit, weapon, dates, Hunt code, license, bag limit. Um, where it gets tricky, again, we've covered this in previous podcasts, is the over-the-counter public land hunt, uh, especially as it pertains to Unit 34. They didn't clarify this at all this year, although they did change um, the what they consider the western portion of, of GMU 34, that boundary has changed. So, for those of you who hunt that, and I know there's a lot of them out there hunting that over the counter public land hunt for Unit 34, um, it has changed. So, make sure that you read this and understand the new uh, boundary for that western portion of unit 34 it has changed it's actually expanded it's a little bit larger
1: and remember that's for next year next year that's after for april 1st. after after april first
0: uh the
1: old rules are still in effect for up until march 31st. yes
0: yeah keep that yeah and because that's important to point out because that the the hunt for 2018-19 is still currently valid yes and it's the old Boundaries that you go by, not the new boundaries. Correct. Oryx, um, pretty much all the same stuff. In Oryx, the only thing that I would like to to point out here is keep in mind that if you're putting, if you're going to put in for Oryx, um, on range, a lot of those hunts are once in a lifetime. Yeah. And. Um, you do have to pay an extra fee to, White sands Missile Range. Fifty dollar uh, fee, isn't it? One hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred fifty for yeah. orcs. It's fifty
1: dollar fee for deer on in gmu nineteen for gotcha. a missile range.
0: Yeah.
1: Again, same uh, same concept. You're gonna pick a hunt area. These ones aren't going to be in GMUs. This is just all in. Yeah. One uh, on, on, in one area, for the most part, for the draw, on the, on the range, you're, you're going to pick, you know, Stallion or Rhodes Canyon or, or, or the Small missile Range or Red Canyon. Uh, and then your hunt dates uh, coinciding with the hunt codes, license numbers, and the bag limit.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, cruising into Turkey... You know, I've never applied for a turkey license, because you can buy them over the counter still for most places. But, yeah. Um, same same rules apply here. There are some areas where it's a limited draw.
1: Uh-huh. Vidal, uh WMAs, mm-hmm. a few WMAs.
0: Yeah, and really the same thing here you, on your left-hand side. You got your units and your your um, weapon choice, your hunt dates, hunt codes. uh all the way across to your bag limits, and Havelina is the same thing. No changes there. Bear. Walk us through bear a little bit, Kyle, because there's some some specific things that you need to know about, you know, the bear draw permits. Draw permits. Yeah. So
1: <clears throat> this one's interesting because uh, there's there's a couple of draw permits. Or bear, uh, they're in WMAs. If you're on in your in your um, proclamation, and you and and you're looking at the bear draw permits, you're going to be uh, looking at the information on page one fifteen. But <clears throat> the permit is just that; it is a permit. So if you draw a bear permit, whether it's the spring hunt in the Viva Doll or whether it's uh, you know fall hunts in the, in the wmas if you draw that permit you still have to purchase a license it is not a license mm-hmm. so that permit would have to be accompanied by your license and all that permit does is a li- it permits you to be in that area uh, if you draw a permit it doesn't mean that you can only hunt that area uh, you can hunt other areas except for that viva doll that's specific to that that spring hunt in the viva doll that's specific to that but if you if you buy a bear license in the spring that's good in the fall
0: there you go and on page one night mud is your maps for your bear management zones uh, keep in mind you want to contact Your local game wardens. Check the website for any closures. Uh,
1: You want to call that one eight hundred number prior to going out. Um, There's some of those bear management zones that close extremely fast. No bear management zone seven closes almost within the week every single year. So you want to, you have to, are required to call and check the quota prior to going out. Uh, The other thing to remember about bear licenses and cougar licenses, uh, if you purchase one of those licenses, you cannot go hunting right away.
0: Correct. Um, So cougar, there is no draw permits for cougar. Correct. Um, So cougar is pretty much over the counter. Um, So, you know that section starts on 120 read through it if you're going to go cougar hunting make sure that you know uh everything that you need to know before going hunting there are a Uh,
1: couple of closed areas and restrictions on areas and that's going to be on page 122
0: yeah and 123 is your map uh, for your cougar management zones
1: same as bear you need to call check quotas all that
0: stuff yeah and last last little bit little bit that we're gonna cover is fur bears, well, not the last little bit, but the last little bit about um actual hunting, yeah is fur bears um page one twenty four starts the section on fur bears uh trapping you can also take fur bears by other means but but it's predominantly trapping yeah. Um, read through this section make sure you know what's required um, quite a few restrictions on trapping. yeah yeah there there's there's a lot of stuff um, we did a trapping podcast it doesn't really cover the rules um, no because we want you to be yeah, responsible we want enough you to go that. through that and do that but it does it, it does cover a lot of neat stuff about trapping set traps uh, we also have a trapping podcast from season one that covers, you know, um, um, it covered prepping your traps and, and taking care of your traps and, and the different types of traps and stuff like that. And then the podcast that we did this season um, covers, you know, terrain, setting traps, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's pretty much the end of it. Uh, there's a little bit of final information on there about distinguishing between uh, s- common species uh, between lynx and bobcat, and then between coyotes, coyotes and, and the wolf. gray wolf, especially if you're down there in the in the southwest part of the state. Um, possession certificate: if you're going to give your meat away to anybody, it needs to be accompanied by uh, the information that's on this. Perce- not specifically, it doesn't have to be that pos- possession certificate, but it needs to be that information. Yeah. Um,
0: and, uh, and the very last thing. Um I think we want to hit at on on this podcast for this is on page um one thirty four what is fair chase read that it's good get information um, understand it absolutely i mean we
1: we believe in this um very much that uh hunt responsibly. Hunt ethically, all
0: those Respect things. Respect for the game. Yep. And that's about it, boss. Yep. You know, there's there's a few pages left. There's a glossary um, and just some, some information on um, the rest of the proclamation, but nothing that we need to cover here. No. If you have stayed with us through this entire podcast, you are as tired of reading it as we are. <laughs> <laughs> but we're glad that you joined us. I'm glad that you went through that with us and happy hunting adios adios thanks for joining nada grande outdoors podcast come follow us on instagram
1: twitter facebook and youtube and don't forget about our website
0: www.nadagrandeoutdoors.com adios